Welcome, magical ones. You have arrived at the House of Magic podcast. I'm Whitney, your resident witch, and I am so excited to get going on today's topic. At first, I thought that this might be a little bit full on for episode two, but, you know, then I just thought I didn't create this podcast to beat around the bush. So, fuck it. Here we go. Do you want to know the key to success for any spell? the key ingredient to manifesting your desires. I know that when I first started, this was literally the number one thing that I wanted to know. And there are a lot of other basics that we could cover at this point, and they're all important in their own right. But, but for those beginners out there, I can remember what it was like, you know, you just want to learn how to cast a spell and get what you want. I get it. Um, It's part of what's so intriguing and alluring about the craft to begin with. The idea that you're not just um, along for the ride in your own life, but the realization that like you can grab that wheel and take full control. It's so exciting. But where do you start and how? How do you do it? A very basic and yet seemingly very overcomplicated question. And I can give you that answer in one word intention. This is a term that is heavily used in the magical world and for good reason. It's the key to any successful magical working. Let me say that again. Intention is the key to any successful magical working. Okay, so let's unpack intention. This word is plastered everywhere and, you know, the term or instruction set your attention, intention is on replay. Um, What was really challenging for me at the beginning was that something that is so basic and fundamental, it it was just brushed over so often as if you already knew what they were talking about, um, as though it was like common knowledge, assumed knowledge, and even in books for beginners, which was just crazy to me. It made me feel stupid because I just thought like I was totally missing the point um, on something that should like should apparently just be um, very natural to a witch. Now, if you are new, new to the craft and you know, you haven't read any books on the subject, you haven't cast any spells and you're sitting there thinking, shit, I even, I haven't even heard of this word intention. Like I got no idea what she's talking about. Uh, Don't worry. I've got you. So you will most often see this word as an instruction in a spell or ritual, um, enchanting an item, consecrating things. Like the list is endless, but it's usually an instruction. Um, So for example, say as you're casting a spell, the instructions might be something like, you know, gather your ingredients together and place them in the cloth. As you do so, feel your intention feel it swelling in your heart and chest, allow it to run down your arms into your hands and through your fingertips. And as you tie the cloth together, allow your intention to seal the bag. It is done. Something like that. Okay. Um, Another simple witchy thing to do um, in regards to setting your intention is um, doing it for the day. So when you make your morning coffee or tea, um, stir the drink mindfully three times and think about your intention for the day or set your intention however you like. Now, when you're stirring, stir it clockwise towards you if it's something that you're inviting into your day 
or stir it anti-clockwise away from you if it's something that you want to repel or, you know, keep the fuck away from you. <laughs> okay. I hope that made sense. Um, just to give you an idea of where you might see it as you start your research on the craft. So it doesn't take a genius to work out the general definition of the word intention. It's purpose, an aim, plan, goal, intent, objective, um, what one intends to accomplish or attain. So your attention is your purpose. It's what it is that you want. Now, for me, this just brought up loads more questions that I just couldn't find the answers for, you know, okay, so how do I set a magical intention? How do I know if I've done it properly? Um, how long should this take? How can I tell when it's done? It was just all very confusing and vague, which is really quite ironic because your magical intention needs to be specific. There's a saying where focus goes, energy flows. And casting a spell is simply manipulating energy towards your desired outcome. So what outcome are you going to get if your intention is vague? If it's vague, then you might get results that you weren't necessarily expecting. Okay. Now I'm going to try and use an analogy here. <laughs> so bear with me. All right. Imagine a plane. Now the plane is the spell and the destination is your intention. Now, before the plane takes off, before you cast your spell, um, first you need to know where you want to go. You're also going to want to prepare that plane. So you're going to do safety checks. You're going to make sure that you've got enough fuel. Um, preferably, you're going to have a, a qualified pilot and staff. Okay. Now, this is your spell, the ingredients, the method, the, the plan of what you're going to do. Now, your spell can be on point. You can say all the right things, do all the right things, raise enough energy and send that plane hurtling out into the universe. But what if the coordinate, coordinates you gave were a little off for the destination, even by something as small as two degrees? Is your plane going to arrive at its destination or somewhere completely different? Now, it might be okay in the end. You might land somewhere that you weren't expecting, but hey, you arrive safely, everyone's alive, um, it's a sort of similar place to where you wanted to go anyway, and it's nice, so it's fine, everything worked out. You might also crash into the side of a mountain, okay? Oh, God, I'm sorry. <laughs> that was a bit depressing. Um, yeah, my bad, a bit of a depressing analogy, but it's the same with spell work. If your coordinates, if your intention is not specific, you will not get where you want to go. Now, I've done the, I've made this mistake plenty of times, and I'm sure if you're an experienced practitioner that you have done it at some point as well. We all make mistakes, but as long as we learn from them, then we haven't failed. Maybe you just need to go back, reevaluate, readjust those couple of degrees, and then you can go again. You can try your spell again. Okay, so I've rambled on about how important it is to be specific, but what specifically do I mean about being specific? <laughs> okay, so um, I'm trying to think of an example. Okay, love. Say you're doing a love spell and you want to attract the love of your life, your soulmate. So your intention is, I am going to find my soulmate. I am going to find the love of my life. Now that's all well and good. Your spell might even work, but will it be lasting love? 
Will that love be unconditional? Will you find them soon or in 10 years from now? Um, you might find them, but maybe they're not interested or maybe they're already with somebody else. Um, a specific intention would be something like, um, I am going to find my soulmate. I will meet them this year. They will have wavy brown hair and blue eyes. Um, they're taller than me. They have tattoos. Um, they have a calming presence about them. They're funny, love the outdoors. Um, our chemistry is electric. Okay, so do you see the difference? So the first example was confident, but still quite vague. Um, confident as in, I didn't say, I would like to meet my soulmate or I hope to find love. Um, <laughs> far out, I've watched way too much maths this year. Um, married at first sight for those that don't know, but the point still stands, okay? Your intention, your purpose is to get your soulmate, not wish for one, okay? So make sure you always word your intention as if it has already happened. It's already done. The second was confident and specific. Now, obviously, you know, insert your own intention in there, but you really can be as specific as you dare to be. And a quick caveat here. Remember not to mess with someone's free will. Um, I know I gave a love example, but I should probably just throw out there that you cannot force someone to love you. Okay. Um, you can set, you can set things up in a way that they are naturally inclined to fall in love with you. Um, but that's generally got a lot more to do about you working on yourself um, and, uh, you know, getting into what it is that you can bring to a relationship. Um, yeah, oh, that's, that's a lot. It might even be worth doing a whole episode actually um, on like love magic and free will and like the ethics of spellcraft. Ooh, actually that would be a juicy one. Yes, we'll, we'll do that <laughs> in the future. So anyway, to summarize that very big, long rant that I just went on, you need to be very clear about your intention um, for your spell to be effective. You need to know your destination. Now, keep in mind, you don't need to know the directions on the map. You know, you don't need to know how to get there. That's not necessary at all. As long as your outcome is very clear, the universe will sort out the details for you. Don't get bogged down in worrying about how it's going to happen. Alrighty, so now that we know what intention is, how important it is to be clear and specific, all right, sweet. So what are some ways to set your intention? So I've made a little bit of a list of the different ways that I can think of. Now, 100%, there will be more ways out there. And if you have a different method that I don't mention here and you're comfortable sharing, we would be privileged to hear it. Um, you can let us know on Instagram at House of Magic AU. That's magic, M-A-G-I-C-K-A-U um, in the comments for this episode. All right, so ways to set your intention. Number one, visualization. This is a skill that if you can master, I mean, wow, like your spells are going to be a walk in the park. Now, keep in mind, this doesn't come naturally to everyone. And if it doesn't, don't feel bad about that. It definitely did not come naturally to me. And I felt pretty shit about it for way longer than what I should have. Uh, it's just, you know, it's something that I'm still practicing and I'm trying to improve. And in all honesty, I do find it to be quite tiring and draining at times, but I do see its importance. So even though it's not my favorite method, it's just, 
so clear how effective it is. So I'll keep honing and practicing that skill and I encourage you, you know, to give it a go as well. Um, now, now there are a ton of visualization exercises you can find online or in books, both magical and mundane, and both can benefit your magical practice. Um, a good one that I've used is placing a actual object in front of me um, instead of just starting off trying to um, visualize something from my mind that doesn't exist. I'll start off with an actual real tangible object um, and place it in front of me. So say you're using a candle, um, I would sit, I would soften my gaze and just stare at that candle for a few minutes. And then I would close my eyes for a beat and try to still see that candle with my eyes closed. Then I would open my eyes for a few moments and then close again. Now I would just repeat this over and over um, starting and then try to make the time that your eyes are closed longer than when they were open. So then with my eyes closed, I would start to notice more about the candle and then add in some more detail. Was the flame still or was it moving? Is it long and tall or is it short? Um, is there any wax dripping? What color is the candle? How does it smell, if at all? Can I hear anything? How does the wick look? Is it bent? Is it straight? Um, you know, and, and so on. So now at the start, your candle or whatever object you're using might be a bit vague or plain, but as you practice, you should be able to start adding in more detail and getting a clearer picture. Um, I personally would recommend doing this maybe just for a few minutes a day and building up from there. Um, at the start, you know, I tried to sit down for one long, you know, visualization session, like I was going to be a master by the, by the end of it. Um, but it was just hard. It was just hard. So, you know, whatever feels right for you, go for it. But, um, you know, like I said, I am not strong in this area and it can hurt my brain. So <laughs> if you're like me, short, sharp bursts, just building up um, and practicing. So to set your intention, visualize your purpose, your aim, your goal, as if it has already happened. That's really important. Okay. So not as if it's going to happen, as if it is already done. All right. Next on my list is words. So we, we all know how powerful words can be in everyday life, you know, throughout history and magic is no exception. Um, setting your intention with words is a very powerful tool. And I like it because it's an easy way of being specific about what you want. Um, there's a lot of ways that you can express these words. You know, you can write them down, um, spoken out loud, chanted, sung, um, whatever feels right for you um, in that moment. I use all of these methods and personally, I use my intuition most of the time to feel what's right um, for that particular working or, or thing that I'm doing. Now, one thing that I have to bring up, and this was a really big roadblock for me, and it still is sometimes, um, and that's that there is this idea that when you're using words, that you must speak them out loud. Um, so, you know, if there's words in a spell that you must say them, you know, out loud with conviction in order for the spell to work. And 
this brought up a lot of doubt in myself. You know, is this spell even going to work? You know, uh, have I have I even set my intention properly? I don't know. Um, this was confronting, um, you know, bellowing things out loud. You know, I'm like, there's people around me. You know, <laughs> it made me feel self-conscious. And I would worry that I would be interrupted, that the neighbors would hear me, that people are going to think that I'm crazy, um, that I would wake up my children if they were asleep. Now, I am very fortunate to live in a household that is very uh, accepting. My husband is a pagan. He, like, he's not a practicing witch, but he is so supportive and um, truly my biggest supporter in me being as wonderfully witchy as as I ever want to be, I really don't think that there's much that I could do to actually shock him. Um, but even with that, you know, that wasn't the case when I was younger. You know, what about, what about those people still in the broom closet? People who, you know, are going to be judged or punished, um, ridiculed if someone hears what they're doing, um, grounded. <laughs> you know, does their magic not count if they can't read the words for a spell out loud? It just, it really frustrated me and, and just was a real block. You know, the word occult literally means that which is hidden, secret, you know, things relating to magic. Witches have been hiding and practicing in the shadows for centuries and for very good reason. You know, sometimes their lives actually depended on it. So in my personal opinion, um, if reading words of a spell out loud makes you feel self-conscious or uncomfortable in any way, then don't do it. I think it would be far more powerful saying it in your mind or writing it down with passion, energy, intensity than saying it out loud, but you know, maybe it's hushed under your breath so no one will hear. And while you're mumbling, you've got feelings of doubt coursing through your body you know, how well do you think that spell is going to work? I've been there, I've done it. And yeah, so just know that it's okay to adjust accordingly to fit your comfort zone. Okay. Um, wow. I am really ranting today, <laughs> but I'm, I'm passionate about this. So now you can use these words. Um, you can use words written by others. So for example, if you're using a spell out of a book and there's an incantation or, you know, various things to say at like certain times during the spell, that is fine. Um, it may be of a benefit to have a read through before you cast the spell, just so that you've got an idea of what you're going to say. Um, it's not always something that's going to roll off the tongue. All right. <laughs> Sometimes they're, um, yeah, tongue twisters or just a bit old worldy and not something that you would normally say. So a bit of a run through beforehand can, can help. Um, sometimes they rhyme, sometimes they don't. Um, having a rhyme and a rhythm can be very powerful as well. And, you know, if you want to be A+, plus, you can memorize it all before you even start, um, which is great. But I would be cautious here. You want to, av you want to avoid reciting words from memory if in that moment, all you're doing is worrying about remembering the words, okay? Like being there, it's distracting. And in my opinion, you would be better off reading it. Don't worry about remembering it, reading it during the spell, but then being able to read it with confidence than, you know, 
trying to remember the words, but with no real meaning behind them because you're too distracted. Okay. Um, like how often is it? It's not what we say, but how we say it that counts. And I believe in spell work, um, that's true as well. Um, now, if you're using your own words, you've written your own words, um, you can write them in advance. That's a, a beautiful thing to do. It also really helps hone um, on being specific. Um, but you can also just intuitively speak when and as you see fit. So um, this is my my personal favorite approach. Um, all of my most powerful and effective spells have all been spoken or sung from my instinct and intuition in that moment, like when nothing is pre-written, but do what feels right to you. Another beautiful way to set your intention is through art. Uh, maybe you paint it. You could paint something on, you paint your intention on paper, canvas. You can paint it on your body um, before the spell, um, ingredients, items that you're using. Maybe you sculpt it or you can create sigils for your intention as well. Now, if you're unsure what a sigil is, um, it's a symbol that's considered to have magical power. Um, now, these are used very effectively in like everyday life all the time. They're just called logos. <laughs> all right. So, you know, as soon as you see, say, the golden arches, we all know exactly what it is straight away. You don't need a description. Um, you might even notice yourself feeling a bit peckish, a bit hungry, um, maybe your mouth is even watering a little bit. They can be that powerful just at a glance of that logo. Now you can create your own sigils, your own magical logo, if you will, um, to represent any intention that you desire. Um, there, are, there are a lot of ways that you can do this. So um, I I do plan to do a whole episode on this as well. I don't know how I'll talk about how to create a sigil, but we'll work that out. <laughs> work that out when we get there. Um, all right. So I really, sorry, I hope this is all making sense. Um, this is actually quite a tricky topic to explain, you know, to talk about and explain. So I do actually completely understand why it is often brushed over, but I just really felt that for something that is as important as this, it just deserved some time in the spotlight. Um, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, intention is everything. It's more important than the tools or the ingredients that you use in a spell. Now these can definitely aid you and enhance your spell. Don't get me wrong, but these items, these, these things alone without intention are nothing. They are just things. They are just items. Without it, you are just going through the motions and nothing will happen. You know, you're just following a script. On the flip side, you can cast a highly effective spell with nothing but your own body and a very strong intention. Um, now, before we wrap up this episode, I'm, I'm feeling good and I would like to share something quite personal. Um, this is what I do when spell casting to help me get in that right, that right state of mind to set my intention. Um, oh, I, I've got, I've got no idea how to even articulate this. So I'm sorry if this doesn't make any sense. Um, and I'm going to use the term goddess, but if you want to give this a try, then, you know, whomever, whatever resonates with you, 
Maybe it's a deity, the universe, Mother Nature, Gaia, Jesus, whoever or whatever works for you. Um, that's completely fine. Um, now, this is after I've created the magical space. I cast a circle, but whatever method you used like to create your magical surroundings before you cast a spell, um, do that first. Okay, so I pause. I close my eyes and I just take a few moments to breathe deeply in and out. And then I ground and center. And we'll go into depth on that in a future episode. Um, but just for now, um, so to ground, I take some time to feel my connection to the earth below me. I feel the earth rising up to hold and support me. And then I take a few moments to center myself. So I go through the five senses. I open my eyes and I notice five things that I can see, four things that I can hear, three things that I can feel, two things I can smell, and one thing that I can taste. Okay, so now I've created my magical space. I'm grounded and I feel connected to the land around me. I'm centered. I feel mindful and present in that current moment. And then I check in with my feelings. Are there any doubts or insecurities that I have? Is my intention unclear in any way? Like, am I ready? Am I ready for this? Or, you know, do I have any self, am I feeling self-conscious that you know, someone's going to hear me from the other room? Am I worried about whether I'm even doing this right or that I've got the right ingredients or whatever? I check in with any insecurities before I start and then I remember. I remember who I truly am at my core. So before society sculpted its own perception of what a woman should be, how a woman should act, that magic isn't real. And then I remember my instinct, my gut, the wild woman within, that ancient knowing and intuition ferocious, creative, protective, my inner wisdom. And I remember when we ran with the wolves and I allow all those fears and insecurities, the eyes and judgments of the outside world, the mundane world to melt away. And I feel the witch. I feel the vibrant energy pulsing through my body. And now as I stand before the goddess, ready to cast this spell, I have her full attention. Now, what am I going to do here? Am I going to ask, you know, timidly for my hopes and dreams to come true? No, I set my intention. It's clear. I say it with conviction in whatever way I see fit. And now you can do this too. Just remember the instinct, the feeling in your gut. Know yourself and what you want. And it's as good as done. Now that's a spell. Okay, I, I believe that that is more powerful than, you know, going through the motions and following some random spell that you found, you know, chanting words that make no sense to you. No, that is raw, potent, powerful magic. And I dare you to try it. It's yeah, it's very, very powerful. Now, that's what I like to do. And I have never shared anything that personal about my practice to anyone before. So Thank you. And I think I'm channeling a little bit of that wild woman at the moment. So I'm not even embarrassed about it. <laughs> um, 
wolves are something that have resonated with me for quite a while. It just, I don't know, it just brings out this ancestral instinct. I don't know how to explain it. Um, the wild woman and wolves, they're my Sasha fierce. Okay. <laughs> um, that's why I use them, but you can use anything that makes you feel powerful. Okay. Now, one last thing I feel that I should mention before, um, before I go is after you've finished your spell, taking mundane action is also necessary. So keep an eye out for opportunities from the universe to take action. Um, so for example, um, say you did a spell to lose 10 kilos in four, two months, you still need to put in the mundane effort, you know, eat well and exercise. Don't sit on the couch and eat cookies for two months, you know, but keep an eye out. The universe will open doors for you and you'll need to be ready to take that action and walk through those doors as soon as they're prevented, uh, as soon as they're, you know, presented to you. So prove to the universe, to the goddess, to whoever it is for you, that you are serious, that you are not just greedy and just sitting there, you know, wanting everything handed to you on a silver platter, you know, show that you're willing to work in harmony together and you will be given all that you desire. Okay. Ah, well, okay. That was tricky and exciting all at the same time. If you've made it through to the end, thank you so much for your valuable time. I appreciate you so very much. If you have any questions or comments, please feel free to let us know um, on Instagram at house of magic AU that's magic M A G I C K. Um, and in the post from this episode, I, I'm still trying to work out some of the kinks, so I do um, thank you for your patience with me. I will try to improve the sound quality as much as I can as well. Um, but thank you so much for your time. Um, such a pleasure to be here with you. We'll see you next time. Blessed be.